it's time to raise the roof for our third 2021 regular season episode. The Rays just came off of a series win against the Yankees uh, Sunday's game. So today's game, as of this recording, when we're recording today, was interesting. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. The Rays will be playing, hosting the Rangers for a four-game series starting tomorrow. I don't know when this is going to come out. I'm hoping that it's tonight. If not, tomorrow will be the day that the series starts. So tomorrow, meaning Monday. Uh, right now, me and three are the two people that are currently on this right now, on this recording for this episode. Bree, how are you doing? First off, what were your initial thoughts of this series? Because obviously we had a couple keys to this series. We wanted the bats to come alive. I think that for the most part, the bats came alive, but uh, what were your, what were your takeaways from this series? Oh, I was really, really happy with this series. I think, you know, a lot of people were a little bit concerned because we had um, Hill, Archer, and Waka going. But honestly, Hill looked great. Archer, obviously, unfortunately, he got hurt, which I'm sure we're going to get into in a minute. Mm -hmm. He looked great in the two innings he pitched. So that was a really welcome sign from both of them. And Waka, I mean, obviously, the first inning he had in the third, he got shelled. A lot of hard contact, a lot of runs. But after that, I was pleasantly surprised with how he, you know, brought himself back down to earth. And then he got into kind of a groove after that. Unfortunately, it was a bit late at that point. But, you know, I, I thought that was really promising on the pitching side. Um, as far as hitting, I was very pleasantly surprised. Our bats were pretty much dead. In, I mean, even in the Marlins series for a couple games. Um, but I think they got woken up. It was nice to see Randy actually. I mean, he's been hitting constantly, but he got some power now, which is really cool to see. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a great series. Anytime you can win a series against the Yankees, if you had told me before this, we'd take two out of three, I would have taken that every day. That's perfect. Yeah, I think I'm the same way as you. I just think that once we won the first two games of the series coming into today, I think that we kind of expected a sweep. And then the fact that we didn't get, especially after what, what transpired during today's game, I think that a lot of people were definitely a lot angrier than I think that a lot of us expected that we were going to be, but overall it was a really good series. So uh, like we said, coming into the series, we wanted to keep the Yankees bats inside the park uh, and just beat up on their pitching of which we clearly beat up on Domingo Herman, considering that he's now at the alternate site. Uh, so uh, that is a win for baseball because we do not like the on uh, off field stuff that he's done, but yeah, that was I didn't expect him to get shelled like that. I didn't think that he was that good to start the season out. And then obviously he gets shelled like that. And I'm like, oh crap, wow, he's actually really, really bad. Uh, Montgomery had a good start today, pretty good start for the Yankees. And then who the heck was their first starter? Because Herman wasn't their first starter. There was another guy that I'm, oh, Kluber. Kluber looked terrible. Oh my <laughs> God. I like, I know he looked good in his first start, but he did not look, I mean, he only, I think he got two and a third or two and two thirds and then just pitch count basically took himself out of the game and then the race took advantage of it. But I, I didn't think that of the three Montgomery was going to, sorry, I didn't think that of the three Montgomery was going to be the best one. Yeah. I mean, I had done a little bit of research on Montgomery and he, he's one of those guys, he's going to, he's, he could honestly be a solid like number four starter. Like he's pretty good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't shocked. It, it, it is kind of sad just as a baseball fan to see Corey Kluber, you know, pitch like that because mm -hmm. Corey Kluber. Um, but honestly, he's going to have some really good starts for them and he's going to have some really bad ones. Just like the same thing's going to happen with Hill and Archer and Waka for us, you know, and fortunately for the Rays, they got to see one of the bad ones. So that is a hundred percent true. That is a hundred percent true. Now I do want to get into the Archer stuff and 
I want to get into talking about Brent Honeywell because I was really excited to see him back. I know that I think I saw somewhere that it was only going to be, this was kind of just going to be a spot thing because it was supposed to rain today, which it obviously downpoured in Florida and it kind of downpoured where I am in New Jersey, but he ended up throwing, uh, pitching two innings today for the Rays. Looked really, really good. Obviously, first major league start ever, major league debut today. Screwball looked really good. A lot of things, a lot of pitches that he was throwing looked really good. But before that, um, and Brie, I want to get your takes on that, and obviously I want to talk about the Archer stuff. But today's game was really, really weird because obviously coming out of this with a series win is still fine. Uh, you want to take a series win against the Yankees. Like, like you said, you want to take that nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, any day of the week, that's fine. But just the way that the game was today and with Marty Foster as the home plate umpire, obviously I didn't know this, but Marty Foster was the same guy who called that egregious third strike call to end the game uh, on Ben Zobrist when that pitch was, uh, it was a couple of years back. There's you guys are probably seeing the video of it, but my God, that pitch was so far out of the zone and he struck him out on it. And it was, it was a terrible call. And he had some, some pretty questionable calls, including in the, in the 10th inning on a pitch that I, if, I, I think if he would have called that a strike, then they then the Rays would have been out of the inning, right? Or or it would have been two outs. So that wasn't great. Obviously, I think the biggest thing was is that as soon as Waka got on the mound after how good Honeywell was, he just kind of blew up in that first inning and then and then settled himself down. But if that first inning didn't happen, then the Rays wouldn't have need to, needed to go to extra innings against the Yankees. So I think that that was a big thing. And also the bullpen looked taxed by the end of the game. But yeah, that 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 third inning, the first inning that, that Waka came in was not a good inning. I mean, like I said, he didn't look good then um, a lot. One thing that bothered me was just how hard those balls were being hit. Even the ones that were outs, like they were hit really hard. And that home yep. run, who, who hit that home run? Was it Urshela hit it. He destroys us all the time. I'm not sure why it's him, but it is. Um, literally broke the batter's eye. I mean, that was a shot. That was a, I mean, it was a gorgeous home run. I hate that it was against us. No, it was. It, he, I think he, it was 108 exit below, and it went like 450 off the bat or 450 feet. Yeah, I mean, that somewhere was, around there. That's one of the ones where you kind of just tip your cap and you're, you tip your cap and you're like, wow, that ball went really far. But, but um. Yeah, again, like, obviously it sucks. It's going to happen, and it sucks that it happened on the last series against the Yankees. But, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, all we're going to see in the standings is win-loss. We won two, and we lost one. So, I mean, it is what it is, and I really believe that there was enough good things from this game that they can carry into next series and kind of hang their hat on. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Now, I do want to go back to talking about Honeywell because obviously he hadn't pitched in the major leagues ever. He hadn't pitched in a game in over three and a half years, almost three and a half years. Had four different surgeries over the last three and a half years. What came up, first round draft pick, I think it was in 2014, or was a draft pick in 2014? Second round draft? Okay, well, he was drafted in 2014, ended up being the MLB All-Star Futures game, uh, or MLB Futures game MVP down in Miami in 2017. There was a lot of hype around him, and then, you know, injury after injury derailed him. But we finally got to see him on the mound. Bree, what were your initial thoughts about him? Yeah, well, I have loved Brent Honeywell for a very long time, so I was super excited. I'm pretty sure everyone who's been a race fan during, you know, this process um, since 2017 has all expected him to come up. 
um, we were all really excited to see him pitch, especially, you know, he was one of the top pitching prospects in baseball in 2017 when he got hurt. And like you said, he hasn't pitched a game since I believe it was the AAA championship in 2017. Was it that? It was, I'm pretty sure. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. So um, it's been, that was the last time he's pitched in a game that counted. I mean, he did pitch in spring training, but you know, I mean, to, to go from basically zero to a hundred, pitching against the New York Yankees in major, in the majors. I mean, that's huge for him, but his mentality, and you've seen that everyone say, you've seen Kevin Cash say it, you've seen Archer, you've seen Glass now say it. His mentality is second to none. I guarantee you there is not another game he would have rather pitched in than against the New York Yankees for his MLB debut. He, I've never seen anyone that loves baseball as much as he does if you just listen to him talk about it. I mean, it's insane. So I am absolutely thrilled for him. He looked really, really good. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, next time we need a starter, I'm like, dang. So we've got Fleming, who's obviously great. We know already McClanahan, who's just awesome. And now you've got Honeywell. And before it was like, okay, Honeywell's probably going to be like around the all-star game call-up type of deal. But like, I mean, he looks ready to go now. So, you know, it's really exciting to see another one of those, you know, prospects looking ready to go for us whenever we Mm -hmm. need them to. So I'm, I don't know, I'm just really, really happy for him. This has been the culmination of a lot of hard work from him and the training staff, a lot of faith from the front office, his teammates, his family. Um, Yeah, it was really, really cool. Yeah, I was, now I've, like, when it, when it comes to Honeywell, I know that obviously with all of the setbacks that have gone on, I'm sure that in his mind, he's probably like, can we just get this over and done with? I just want to pitch in the mid. I just want to pitch in a baseball game, regardless of what it is. There was a, um, I'm sure you know who Cespedes Family Barbecue is. I'm, I'm sure you know those guys, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. They have a Twitch stream um, that they uh, will do occasionally. They'll, they'll hop on Twitch and they'll play backyard baseball. And one of the times they played backyard baseball, Honeywell was on it. And he just was like, he just seemed like such a happy-go-lucky guy, just an easygoing guy. I mean, it was backyard baseball. It's a video game that that I'm sure some of us played when we were kids. And he was just like, he, he just seemed like he was having the time of his life watching two guys play a base, like, just like, in, in, you know, like a video game. And I mean, if he's having that much fun watching a video game about baseball, then I'm sure that that definitely is going to translate into baseball. And we saw it today. He looked really, really good. The screwball looked incredible. I know that like no one throws it. So it's really cool that he's one of the kind of like one of the exclusive guys that throws it. And the Yankees hitters did not look good against it. No, LeMahieu looked so lost. Oh my God. He's the best hitter on the Yankees, if we're being honest. He's the best player on the Yankees. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he did not look good on that swing. He did that was that was a really really bad swing on that on that first at bat against um, actually the first batter that he faced. And obviously he gets two strikeouts. He doesn't give up a hit. He was he was efficient with his pitch count. He did pitch to contact, but he also got guys out so or got guys out on strikes. And it was really impressive to see. I was I didn't think that he was going to do that. I didn't know how long his leash was going to be. Obviously, two innings was his leash, but he looked really really good. And I think that's a very welcome sign for the race moving forward. I, I'm just ridiculously happy for him. And I know everyone in the organization is too. And I, I think this is going to be the start of hopefully many years in a race uniform. That's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm hoping. Now, uh, speaking of someone who spent, who, who has spent many years in a race uniform uh, and is now back on the race, uh, Chris Archer, he uh, exited, unfortunately exited Saturday's game at, in, in, 
sorry, in the third inning, I think he was uh, went, ended up going on the 10 day IL. I think it's right lateral forearm tightness, something like that is what was his diagnosed thing. So unfortunately he's going to be on the IL. He did look really good in that game. He touched 93, which was good. So that's another mile per hour more that, that we've seen on his fastball. His, his pitch mix looked, looked really good in that game. Uh, Bree, I wanted to ask you, how nervous are you about this injury? I know obviously Archer's had his injury, uh, you know, his share of injury problems over the last few years, especially in Pittsburgh and now coming off of injury. I think, a lot of it from what he said was a precautionary reason and he's only expected to miss one start, but what are you kind of expecting to come from this? Yeah. So if you asked me this question yesterday, I would have had a completely different answer because I was completely freaking out. Um, I mean, we all know how much I love Tyler Glass now. Chris Archer was my Tyler Glass now before Tyler Glass now was my Tyler Glass now. So Chris Archer is one of my all-time favorite Rays. And to see how emotional he was coming off the mound, that's what really freaked me out. Because he didn't look like he was in a lot of pain, but to see just how upset he was, that really scared me. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when I was thinking that, and then you heard forearm tightness, and I know they were like, it's lateral, which isn't as bad, but I was still like, it's forearm tightness. Like, that's still really scary. Because, you know, forearm tightness is usually Tommy John when it's not on the lateral side, if it's on the medial side. Um so yeah, I was really concerned, but honestly, listening to both Cash and Archer post game, they you know kind of eased that. They were like, "Yeah, it's precautionary." And Cash even said that Archer wasn't sure if he should come out of the game or not. So that's kind of encouraging. That, mm-hmm. You know, just like a little thing that was bothering him. Um, best not to continue to push through that when you know it's April and yep. we have all those guys in the minors that are ready to go and can spot mm-hmm. start as needed. Um, so I'm not super concerned. I'm interested to see how long he's going to be down and what the recovery looks like for him, just because he has been through so many things, but I'm not exceedingly worried about an extended absence. And, you know, even if, that but I would rather that I would rather him be precautionary about it. Like I would rather him, him take himself out of the game. And then if he, and then if he only needs to go on the 10 day aisle for this missed one start, allow himself to rest, allow his arm to rest and, and, and improve, I would rather that be the case than him overwork himself. And then it ends up being a bigger problem than, than what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. And even if it's two starts, even if it's like three starts, that's fine for now. Like it's the beginning of the season. If we need that, that's okay. We have the depth to cover it as far Mm -hmm. as starting. So completely fine with everything that's happening there. And I'm sure it made him, you know, obviously he doesn't want to go on the injured list, but I'm sure it made him happy to see that the guy who got to come up and fill his spot as his, you know, longtime friend, teammate from way back when um, in Brent Honeywell. So yeah, that's really. Yeah. I'm glad that that was the case. I'm glad. I'm glad that they, they, they finally brought him up. I, I think it was one of those things where it was just like, God, just, just, just bring him up. Just let him pitch. I don't even care how long it is. Just let him pitch once. I mean, he hasn't gotten that major experience yet and he's been waiting for so long and just chomping up a bit for it. So I'm glad that that was the case. And I'm also glad that it seems like the Archer issue, the injury isn't as bad as like, like for you just talked about when we, when we first saw it, we were like, Oh crap. Yeah, I, was, he could... I, I cried. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to lie to you. Everyone on the podcast <laughs> got taken out and I cried. I, I was, I was definitely freaked out. Cause I was like, Oh God, we just got him. We spent a lot of money on him uh, in terms of race standards and it just, and, but luckily things look a lot better, which is good. I do want to say in terms of guys that the race recently called up, uh, Kevin Padlow has had his struggles at the plate and I don't like seeing that. I really, 
I mean, it would have been nice for him to get his first major league hit as a walk-off off of Roldis Chapman in the ninth inning. Unfortunately, so hard. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen, which is okay. But I, yeah, he hasn't looked good at the plate. He's been okay defensively. I mean, then again, one of the defensive things that caused the problem was him throwing over to first base, and it was it was it was a bad throw on what should have been a double play, and. Um, I mean, they got the one out, but Sutsugo did not handle that throw well. And it was a like it was one of those things where, as someone who's played first base before, it's a, it's a lot better to get those longer hops because it's a lot easier to see and handle instead of a short hop because a short hop you have to pick it. So I thought that that was a pretty easy ball to see. I don't know if he missed it or like if he lost it in light somewhere or if it was just he just didn't have he he just missed it straight up. So. Yeah, as far as Padlow, offensively, I mean, hitting is really hard. He hasn't had to face, like, uh, you know, someone not on his team since, I mean, spring training. But before that, I mean, he didn't have a season last year. Major League pitching is really hard to hit, especially now. Guys are just doing crazy things with the ball. So, yeah. I mean, his time will come offensively. He'll get a hit eventually. Like, it's it sucks that it wasn't, you know, in the spots we needed, but defensively I thought overall he's looked really good um I think it's interesting that he's been getting like a decent amount of time there um when we have you know so many other guys that play third so I think that shows that the Rays really do see a lot and you know highly value him um I still would rather see Wendell there though I I mean I just I like like it's good for him to get that experience and for him to get time there but I'm just like by now, I'm just like, please just put Joey there every game, which which is a sentence I didn't think I would have said in 2019, but here we are. But yeah, I just, I, I don't want anything to get screwed up. I just like want everything to be okay. The hot corner is like one of the toughest positions on the diamond. Yeah, I mean, I am all aboard the Joey Wendell everyday third baseman thing. I think I said that like two podcasts ago, but. I'm I mean, with you on that. Realistically, we don't know how long Wendell is going to be here. That he is carries true. a little bit more injury risk than this prospect, and this prospect might be a you know a staple of the team in the future, depending on how things go. So I think getting him time, there's no harm in that. I mean, once we have guys coming off the IL, I assume he's not going to be around for very long. So get him the time now. You know, it's fine. Wendell can play. He's a great shortstop. He's a great second baseman. <laughs> he can play any position. <laughs> And also, um, the Rays have just been playing around a lot with the, you know, positioning. Like, Lau was in the outfield today. Yeah, that was weird. But, I mean, he's played in the outfield before, so it's, like, not that weird. I know. But, like, at the same time, he's such a good second baseman that you kind of feel like he's earned that spot every day. But Brasso stepped in today, and he did a really good job there. And, you know, I mean, they're just trying to move everyone around. The more utility players we have, the better. So, I'm all for that. And I thought Padlow largely has looked good that throw was unfortunate but I thought Yoshi still should have handled it um but you know it is what it is that game didn't go in our favor but you know it easily could have it sucks that it didn't but we still took two out of three and that's what I'm holding on to series win is a series win and that leads us into talking about uh last thing Rich Hill looked good on the mound uh on Friday I know that he had that he had that one inning where he kind of blew up but other than that he had a great outing and I think that that's a good sign for the Rays moving forward so, but that leads us into talking about this next series, which starts Monday. Hopefully I will get this podcast out before Monday, meaning tonight. Uh, they, the Rays will be playing the Texas Rangers. They're hosting them for a four game series, just going over the probables. 
Uh, tomorrow, Dane Dunning is starting for the Rangers against Tyler Glass now. So we have Glass Day tomorrow. On Tuesday, we have Kyle Gibson versus Ryan Yarborough. Uh, Gibson currently has a 7.11 ERA and Yarbrough has a 5.06 ERA. Uh, not great in terms of ERAs there, but who knows what's going to happen. On Wednesday, we have, I want to make sure I pronounce this guy's name right because I'm probably going to mess it up. Kohei Arihara uh, is the starter for the Rangers against Rich Hill. And then on uh, Thursday, it's Jordan Lyles, I think this is, against TBD. The uh, Rays haven't determined their starter yet. So uh, the Rangers have all the probables out. The Rays have everyone except for that that fourth one, which honestly could be, I mean, it could be another spot start for Honeywell. It could be um, a Waka start because, I mean, he was supposed to be the starter today. And then obviously Honeywell came in, started the first two innings, and then Waka took up the bulk innings. They might have Fleming out there. Who knows what's going to happen there. But what are you thinking about this series against the Rangers? Obviously, the Rangers aren't good. Uh, I know that Nate Lowe is kind of tearing up the Rangers right now and tearing up Major League Baseball in terms of uh, his play at the plate so far this season. But they just got swept by the Padres, including a no-hitter. Shout out Joe Musgrove for throwing the first no-hitter in Padres history, which is kind of crazy that it took 8,000 games, but we're here. So clearly, if the team's getting no hit, that means that they their bats are getting stifled at the plate. So, Bree, what are you expecting out of the series? I don't know. I'm really excited, especially for game one Monday. Um, obviously, it's glass day, so I'm going to be excited no matter what. But Dane Dunning, Gators legend on the mound for the Rangers. <laughs> hey, hey, I got to respect the drip because honestly, I do the same thing with Maryland. So, so go at it. <laughs> we got Gators legend against Ray's newly minted ace who has looked absolutely phenomenal in both of his starts so far. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see Nate Lowe as well. Um, you know, he's played great and I'm super happy that he's getting that opportunity to show what he can do. That said, I he's not going to continue at this pace forever. No. And I would love it if he could slow down right now. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, if he just had like a little bit of a slump, maybe had like a hit or two here or there. That'd be great. No home runs, no RBIs, just vibing. Yeah. He's he's really good friends with Glass now, so maybe he'll be like, "Yeah, man, like I'm I'm not gonna get a home run off of you. Don't worry." So that would be cool of him. I'd appreciate it a lot. But yeah, I mean the Rangers, they're kind of I don't even know if you can call it rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. They're not good. They're like they're like they're like the Diamondbacks of the of the AL is a way that I would describe them. Like like they're there. And that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And they're going to no win. Offense. <laughs> yeah. They're going to win some games here and there, but the Rays are very obviously the better team. And that doesn't mean that the Rays are going to even win the series. It's not a pencil and win type thing. Cause I mean, last year, the only team that swept the Rays was the Baltimore Orioles. Which... Hey, Baltimore Orioles are good at okay. Trey Mancini's yeah. coming back with a passion and he's going to tear it up and he's going to win last MVP. Year he wasn't there. <laughs> They swept the <laughs> Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know, baseball is weird. Sometimes the best team doesn't win. But, I mean, if you're going into this series, you're going to feel good about the race chances. We have um, Glass now, Yarbrough going. So those are our top two guys. And we've seen good starts out of both of them. Obviously, Yarbrough's start against Boston wasn't good, but his start against the Marlins was really fantastic. So we're going to see which Ryan Yarbrough we get. Um but yeah, I'm excited. I think the offense really picked up in the Yankees series. And I would, if that can carry over, and especially if we can get Mr. Maryland guy going. Oh, yeah. I, I need a, I need a, some Brandon Lau love right now because holy yeah. crap, he is not good right now. And 
I'm scared if it's one of those things where, I mean, it's definitely one of those things where that slump that he had starting in September of last year and then through the playoffs has basically carried over into the start of this year. And he's gotten some hits. Obviously, he had the bases going double in the, in the, I think it was Saturday's game, but he has not looked good. He obviously hasn't hit a home run yet. So that's another big problem. I mean, Mike Zunino has two home runs this year and Lau big has none. Big home runs. He doesn't yeah. hit like deep home runs. He hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, maybe Zunino's, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. No, I mean, he's hit two home runs. I, I can't say that yet because, uh, yeah, no, I can't say that. <laughs> legend, doing Gators legend things. Gator, Gators legend, yeah, Maryland legends not doing Maryland legends things, which is, yeah. you know, it's but unfortunate, you know, but what are you going to do? As far as Brandon goes, he's a good hitter. He's going to be fine. It sucks that he's not right now. But can I just say, if he's hot at the same time as Austin Meadows and Randy Rosarena, there's not a team in baseball that's beating us literally if i agree hot and, and if we had like a mike zunino that hit like 220 then like oh my god we'd be winning the world series every year I like mean, oh <laughs> like our offense is so close to everything clicking <laughs> so close. yeah that's the thing and that was the thing last year was it not like 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 didn't you feel that too where there was times where you were like this was such a good offense and then there were other times where you were like who like like are these a bunch of triple a guys like, it's so weird because there's such a large disparity between the Rays being really, really good offensively and the Rays being really, really bad offensively. And I don't think that there's a team that is as good as the Rays that has such polarizing stats and just pulls one way or another. It's really weird. Honestly, like, you kind of say the same thing about the Yankees. I mean, they're either really good or really bad offensively. That is true. But, I mean, the Rays, I don't know, man. It's like... I mean, I know we're only like a week in, but it's almost like Austin Meadows of last year is like switched with Brandon Lau. <laughs> it's like they just flip places. <laughs> it, it, I and then him. and then and then Randy's still Randy. <laughs> Randy's, always, Randy's Randy, so good for him. Love that. But Brandon Lau's gonna be fine. But it is frustrating to see him like that. And I'm no, I mean, he's more frustrated than any of us are. So he'll get it going. He's a hard worker and he's a good hitter. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I was, I'm really encouraged by the fact that Zunino has hit two home runs. I know that he's not going to hit for crazy high average, but I'm just looking for 220. Like, I think that if Zunino can hit 220, and he's hit 250 before in a season, and in that same season, he hit 25 home runs. So if he can hit 220 in a season and give us 20 home runs, then I will take that any day of the week. I mean, he got that double too. I thought that was encouraging. I mean, yeah. this close home run which i know so he didn't get enough launch angle on it he he hit it it just didn't get enough launch angle on it but i mean he definitely i mean considering if, the fact that chapman was pitching yeah if he can get a barrel to the baseball i mean yeah so that was so that was two hits today right mm-hmm. i mean that's like i i think that he's looking much better at the plate and those are positive signs. Like, again, you're not going to look, you're, you're not going to look at Mike Zunino and you're going to be like, oh my God, he's going to lead the league in average. Like, no, he's not going to lead the league in average. And that's okay because we got him for his defense. And I know that his defense was a little bit suspect over the weekend. I know that there were some pitches that he didn't hundred percent corral. There were some pitches that he didn't frame right, which then caused umpires to say that it was a ball when it was a strike. And I think he's just, you know, he's just getting the rust off and, it I just really good today blocking some of those balls. Yeah, no, yeah, some of the blocks were really, really good. Um, but there was just some things where I think he's just dusting off the cobwebs, and you know, I'm sure that other catchers are doing that in the same way. But the hits are really encouraging, and he's 
I mean, we're already nine games into the season, and I don't know how many home runs that he hit last year, but he's already got he hit, he, he hit four, so he's already hit two in nine games. So that's that is that is a very promising thing. And the, you know, I just I mean, I have too much of a stake in Lau for him to just poop on me. He's gonna be okay. Yeah, I just I need I need I need not poop Lau. I need I need really really good Brandon Lau. I don't need shit. I just. I just needed to play well, and he's he's really freaking me out because I'm like Brandon, I love you, but like also you're killing me, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. What do you uh, what do you think the keys in this series are? So obviously the Rays have their top um, their top three starters going. We're probably going to see Waka on Thursday, barring anything else. Maybe they'll bring up Fleming or someone like that from the alt site. Maybe they'll bring Honeywell back up for the alt site. What are you expecting? Uh, what are the keys to the series? Beat the series, I mean, beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Like, we are supposed to beat the Rangers, and we have the guys going to do that, and I think we got our offense rolling enough to where we should be able to do that, no problem. So just keep it going. Fundamentals. Like, I know I last podcast I talked about how god-awful the defense was in the Red Sox series, and there was, like, a huge improvement this series, but there was still a lot of mistakes made. Yeah. So I would like to see that continue to improve, which I think it will um so just like the basics honestly we can stick to the basics we're going to win these games I completely agree with you I mean it's the same thing as the Rangers have a very power heavy lineup so you got I mean you have guys like Nate Lowe you have guys like like Joey Gallo who can hit absolute tanks you just need to keep in the park keep in the park Try to induce ground balls, induce induce weak contact. I mean, Yarbrough's really, really good at inducing weak contact. Things like that. And then at the plate, just take advantage of a not that great Ranger staff. Like, Dunning's their best pitcher by far. And then after Dunning, there's a steep drop-off. So maybe you have to, a, a tough time against Dunning. And then once he's off the mound, then you just go at it against their bullpen because their bullpen's not that good. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. We need some freaking run support for Tyler Glass now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he's gotten two no decisions so far this season and has had he pitched absolute gems. And honestly, I think Cash lets him go deeper in the games if he's not pitching in like one run games because you know I think if he has a little bit of a cushion, then he gets to stay in longer, which would be great. But some run support would be really really nice. Yeah. Um, as far as the power of the Rangers, they're going to hit home runs this series. Like, it's going to happen. But, you know, keep – don't give up the walks. Walks we can control. Don't oh, my God. The walks – the walks today were egregious. They were so bad. I mean, you, you can't walk – like, on a team like the Yankees, on a team like the Rangers, you can't walk guys because they're going to haunt you. Walks always haunt you. That's not just a thing that people say because it's some funny thing. Like, it's a real concept, and it's a real thing that happens during games. Walks haunt teams. Yeah. So, try and keep the walks down, and then those home runs, they're going to be solo shots, and we can cover that. Like, our offense, I trust to be able to handle that for the most part. So, you know, basically, like I said, just fundamentals, do what we're supposed to do. As for the fourth game, I would not be surprised if we see someone from the alternate site come up just to kind of keep the, you know – the rotation where it's at and slot someone in on that extra day with Archer gone. So what they do, what they do, basically what they did today, which was have a guy pitch for two to three innings and then have Waka come in and pitch the bulk. Well, I think it depends. Like, so Honeywell, 
today was his scheduled day to pitch in at the alt site, which I think is the only reason it was him. I think if it was McClanahan scheduled today to pitch, McClanahan would have been up or something. Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah, which I was fine about because, I mean, like they said, today was supposed to be a terrible day in terms of rain. So, I mean, if you can bring him up for two innings, have him pitch really, really well, and then have him go back to the alt site, that's fine with me. Yeah, and, I mean, as far as Honeywell, they also want to see how he recovers after this, you know this outing because he hasn't had one like this in a while. So they're going to see like how the recovery goes for him, how he's feeling, that type of thing. So Honeywell or not, it could be him. It might not be. Um, someone's going to come up, you know, honestly for now, I wouldn't be surprised if um, some kind of bullpen um, reliever type of guy comes up for these first like three days, you know, to kind of help out the bullpen that we saw. They need someone. Cause this bullpen has not looked good in recent days, especially, I mean, Obviously, there were some calls that didn't go away in terms of umpires, but a lot of it was just pitching mistakes, it was just hanging balls over the zone where they didn't need to be hung and leaving pitches, leaving meatballs over the zone for the Yankees to hit. And that's the reason why they got four runs in that 11th inning and also bad, you know, misplays. But like they took advantage of bad pitches and then the Rays didn't back them up defensively. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see someone else come up. Um, I think if it's Fleming, we might get an actual start from him or maybe like four innings or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it's McClanahan or Honeywell, we probably see a shorter kind of opening type deal again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really good series. So we'll see. I love, I, I love whenever the Rangers come to town. Um, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I also get angry because like the Rays lost to the Rangers twice in the playoffs and that, and that frustrates me, but what are you going to do? We're, we're past that. We are past that. We're well past that. The Rangers are definitely, I mean, apparently according to all-time history, because the Rangers just haven't played enough, apparently Brandon Lau's in the top 10 in terms of globe life field home runs. <laughs> Love that for him. I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. He's got three. <laughs> a home run's a home run. But yeah, uh, yeah, it should be a fun series. should be an exciting series. Will be nice to see Nate Lowe back. Hope he gets a nice ovation from the fans. Should be mostly Rays fans. And not Yankees fans, because my goodness, there were so many annoying people on the broadcast today that I just wanted to just just remove their vocal cords because I didn't want to hear them speak anymore. And Bree, I, I don't know if you felt the same way about how annoying those some of those people were, but it was it was pretty egregious. Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? We have a lot of Yankee fans in Tampa. Their spring training site is there. It's just kind of a bad situation. Um, but you know, they love their team. They're a lot of them are from New York or have family in New York and you know they they love their Yankees and they're gonna make sure everyone knows how much they love their Yankees so yep. you know, I mean it sucks for Rays fans but you know ultimately they're just being fans of their baseball team so you know good on them and thank you for giving us money yeah thanks for buying tickets we appreciate it yes <laughs> yes yes tickets are great concessions are great parking's great all that stuff will help raise out in the future uh but yeah, no, GG's to the Yankees. They played they played well today, obviously took advantage of things. Uh, salvaged the game out of the series. Should be a fun uh, series for the rest of the season. Definitely very exciting right now. The Since 2010, the Rays and Yankees are currently 100 and 100 against each other. 500 records. So know. yeah, the and then the Rays are 60 and 43 against the Yankees at the Trump. Hey. So. They say, they say they're Yankees home games, but... That record does not show. That. Yeah, no, that record does not show. On the other side, we're not going to talk about that, but it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's pretty much everything for us. Um, thanks everyone so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, we really, really appreciate you guys taking the opportunity 
listening to us, listening to us talk some Rays, obviously, you know, why else would you guys be tuning into this? If you guys aren't following anything that we're doing here at Raise the Roof, all of our social media accounts is mostly Raise the Roof TV. So we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and we have our Twitch account, which will be up in the coming days. There it was a little bit of a problem there, but we're going to get our Twitch streams back up. Also, our YouTube channel, Raise the Roof. Hopefully, we'll get some more live streams and things like that going on. Uh, and then, obviously, our two podcasts, Raise the Roof and In the Tank, will be going on uh, all the time. And our website, RaiseTheRoofTB.com. Make sure to um, look at all the articles there. Bree, Bree just put out a great article about Brun Honeywell. I'm going to have an article about this series closer and, and a preview of tomorrow's series. And then for this podcast, uh, wherever you guys are listening to it, you found the podcast. Congratulations. We don't have any brownie points to give you guys, but we will give you guys um, an air high five. So there's the air high five. You guys didn't see that, but it's okay. Uh, for Raise the Roof, I mean, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the good stuff. Make sure to share, make sure to uh, like this, make sure to comment, leave us a review, all that good stuff. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, anything like that for what we're doing here on the podcast or anything, just email us, raise the roof TB at gmail.com. Uh, we'll make sure to respond back to all those emails as, as quickly as possible. Also, one last shout out. Shout out to Hideki Matsuyama for being the first Japanese-born golfer to win the Masters. Really, really cool thing. And happy for everyone in Japan. Happy for Hideki, all that good stuff. So from me and Bree, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise up.